Chapter Nineteen of Tales of a Traveller by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Greg Giordano. Buckthorn, Part Seven. Could any mortal have conceived that this old withered man, so taciturn and apparently lost to feeling, could have treasured up for years? the thoughtless pleasantry of a boy to punish him with such cruel ingenuity i can now account for his dying smile the only one he had ever given me he had been a grave man all his life it was strange that he should die in the enjoyment of a joke and it was hard that that joke should be at my expense the lawyer and the parson seemed at a loss to comprehend the matter here must be some mistake said the lawyer there is no will here oh said iron john creaking forth his rusty jaws if it is a will you are looking for i believe i can find one he retired with the same singular smile with which he had greeted me on my arrival and which i now apprehended boded me no good in a little while he returned with a will perfect at all points properly signed and sealed and witnessed worded with horrible correctness in which he left large legacies to iron john and his daughter and the residue of his fortune to the foxy-headed boy who to my utter astonishment was his son by this very woman he having married her privately and as i verily believe for no other purpose than to have an heir and so balk my father in his issue of the inheritance there was one little proviso in which he mentioned that having discovered his nephew to have a pretty turn for poetry he presumed he had no occasion for wealth he recommended him however to the patronage of his heir and requested that he might have a garret rent-free in doubting castle mr buckthorne had paused at the death of his uncle and the downfall of his great expectations which formed as he said an epoch in his history and it was not until some little time afterwards and in a very sober mood that he resumed his party-coloured narrative after leaving the domains of my defunct uncle said he when the gate closed between me and what was once to have been mine i felt thrust out naked into the world and completely abandoned to fortune what was to become of me i had been brought up to nothing but expectations and they had all been disappointed i had no relations to look to for counsel or assistance the world seemed all to have died away from me wave after wave of relationship had ebbed off and i was left a mere hulk upon the strand i am not apt to be greatly cast down but at this time i felt sadly disheartened i could not realize my situation nor form a conjecture how i was to go forward i was now to endeavour to make money the idea was new and strange to me it was like being asked to discover the philosopher's stone i had never thought about money other than to put my hand into my pocket and find it or if there was none there to wait until a new supply came from home i had considered life as a mere space of time to be filled up with enjoyments but to have it portioned out into long hours and days of toil merely that i might gain bread to give me strength to toil on to labour but for the purpose of perpetuating a life of labour 
was new and appalling to me this may appear a very simple matter to some but it will be understood by every unlucky wit in my predicament who has had the misfortune of being born to great expectations i passed several days in rambling about the scenes of my boyhood partly because i absolutely did not know what to do with myself and partly because i did not know that i should ever see them again i clung to them as one clings to a wreck though he knows he must eventually cast himself loose and swim for his life i sat down on a hill within sight of my paternal home but i did not venture to approach it for i felt compunction at the thoughtlessness with which i had dissipated my patrimony but was i to blame when i had the rich possessions of my curmudgeon of an uncle in expectation the new possessor of the place was making great alterations the house was almost rebuilt the trees which stood about it were cut down my mother's flower garden was thrown into a lawn all was undergoing a change i turned my back upon it with a sigh and rambled to another part of the country how thoughtful a little adversity makes one as i came in sight of the schoolhouse where i had so often been flogged in the cause of wisdom you would hardly have recognized the truant boy who but a few years since had eloped so heedlessly from its walls i leaned over the paling of the playground and watched the scholars at their games and looked to see if there might not be some urchin among them like i was once full of gay dreams about life and the world the playground seemed smaller than when i used to sport about it the house and park too of the neighboring squire the father of the cruel saccharissa had shrunk in size and diminished in magnificence the distant hills no longer appeared so far off and alas no longer awakened ideas of a fairy land beyond as i was rambling pensively through a neighboring meadow in which i had many a time gathered primroses i met the very pedagogue who had been the tyrant and dread of my boyhood i had sometimes vowed to myself when suffering under his rod that i would have my revenge if ever i met him when i had grown to be a man the time had come but i had no disposition to keep my vow the few years which had matured me into a vigorous man had shrunk him into decrepitude he appeared to have had a paralytic stroke i looked at him and wondered that this poor helpless mortal could have been an object of terror to me that i should have watched with anxiety the glance of that failing eye or dreaded the power of that trembling hand he tottered feebly along the path and had some difficulty in getting over a stile i ran and assisted him he looked at me with surprise but did not recognize me and made a low bow of humility and thanks i had no disposition to make myself known for i felt that i had nothing to boast of the pains he had taken and the pains he had inflicted had been equally useless his repeated predictions were fully verified and i felt that little jack buckthorn the idle boy had grown up to be a very good-for-nothing man this is all very comfortless detail but as i have told you of my follies it is meet that i show you how for once i was schooled for them the most thoughtless of mortals will some time or other have this day of gloom when he will be compelled to reflect i felt on this occasion as if i had a kind of penance to perform and i made a pilgrimage in expiation of my past levity having passed a night at leamington i set off by a private path which leads up a hill through a grove and across quiet fields 
till i came to the small village or rather hamlet of lennington i sought the village church it is an old low edifice of grey stone on the brow of a small hill looking over fertile fields to where the proud towers of warwick castle lifted themselves against the distant horizon a part of the churchyard is shaded by large trees under one of these my mother lay buried you have no doubt thought me a light heartless being i thought myself so but there are moments of adversity which led us into some feelings of our nature to which we might otherwise remain perpetual strangers i sought my mother's grave the weeds were already matted over it and the tombstone was half hid among nettles i cleared them away and they stung my hands but i was heedless of the pain for my heart ached too severely i sat down on the grave and read over and over again the epitaph on the stone it was simple but it was true i had written it myself i had tried to write a poetical epitaph but in vain my feelings refused to utter themselves in rhyme my heart had gradually been filling during my lonely wanderings it was now charged to the brim and overflowed i sank upon the grave and buried my face in the tall grass and wept like a child yes i wept in manhood upon the grave as i had in infancy upon the bosom of my mother alas how little do we appreciate a mother's tenderness while living how heedless are we in youth of all her anxieties and kindness but when she is dead and gone when the cares and coldness of the world come withering to our hearts when we find how hard it is to find true sympathy how few love us for ourselves how few will befriend us in our misfortunes then it is we think of the mother we have lost it is true i had always loved my mother even in my most heedless days but i felt how inconsiderate and ineffectual had been my love my heart melted as i retraced the days of my infancy when i was led by a mother's hand and rocked to sleep in a mother's arms and was without care or sorrow oh my mother exclaimed i burying my face again in the grass of the grave oh that i were once more by your side sleeping never to wake again by the cares and troubles of this world i am not naturally of a morbid temperament and the violence of my emotion gradually exhausted itself it was a hearty honest natural discharge of griefs which had been slowly accumulating and gave me wonderful relief i rose from the grave as if i had been offering up a sacrifice and i felt as if that sacrifice had been accepted i sat down again on the grass and plucked one by one the weeds from her grave the tears trickled more slowly down my cheeks and ceased to be bitter it was a comfort to think that she had died before sorrow and poverty came upon her child and that all his great expectations were blasted i leaned my cheek upon my hand and looked upon the landscape its quiet beauty soothed me the whistle of a peasant from an adjoining field came cheerily to my ear i seemed to respire hope and comfort with the free air that whispered through the leaves and played lightly with my hair and dried the tears upon my cheek a lark rising from the field before me and leaving as it were a stream of song behind him as he rose lifted my fancy with him he hovered in the air just above the place where the towers of warwick castle marked the horizon and seemed as if fluttering with delight at his own melody 
surely thought i if there was such a thing as transmigration of souls this might be taken for some poet let loose from earth but still revelling in song and carolling about fair fields and lordly towns at this moment the long-forgotten feeling of poetry rose within me a thought sprung at once into my mind i will become an author said i i have hitherto indulged in poetry as a pleasure and it has brought me nothing but pain let me try what it will do when i cultivate it with devotion as a pursuit the resolution thus suddenly aroused within me heaved the load from off my heart i felt a confidence in it from the very place where it was formed it seemed as though my mother's spirit whispered it to me from her grave i will henceforth said i endeavour to be all that she fondly imagined me i will endeavour to act as if she were witness of my actions i will endeavour to acquit myself in such manner that when i revisit her grave there may at least be no compunctious bitterness in my tears i bowed down and kissed the turf in solemn attestation of my vow i plucked some primroses that were growing there and laid them next to my heart i left the churchyard with my spirits once more lifted up and set out a third time for london in the character of an author End of chapter 19 Recording by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida